Hello and welcome once again to the Fisherman's Post Saltwater Podcast Series. This episode is titled Conventional Reels and Education. And I'm going to be talking to Captain Mark Henderson of Liquid Fire Fishing. We got a lot of material to talk about so that you'll understand the ins and outs, what makes one conventional reel different from another. So many talking points, I can't even list them in my three to four bullet points, but we'll be doing um retrieving ratios spool width drag systems i mean we've got a lot single speed two speed we got a lot to talk about we're going to jump right into it um before we get there though an introduction to myself i'm gary hurley of fisherman's post fisherman's post has been serving the saltwater fishing community since 2003. we've been offering fishing reports fishing information fishing tournaments fishing schools and now here in this latest and greatest chapter we have the Saltwater Podcast Series. And it is in this Saltwater Podcast Series that we reach out to our captain and guide friends from up and down the North Carolina coast and ask them to share their insight, their knowledge with us on how to catch more fish more often. And that is certainly the subtext of this conventional reels and education. It's going to empower people, you know, those offshore guys or the conventional guys. I am joined this episode, just as I am every episode, with my co-host, my podcast partner, Billy Thorpe of Copilot Studio. Hey, Billy. What's up, Gary? How are you doing, man? Doing good. Ready yeah. to ready to talk conventional reels. I'm ready to learn about conventional reels. Well, Mark <laughs> it's is going to be awesome. Mark is the guy that my job is going to be easy tonight. It's going to be good. I'm going to wind him up. He's just going to share. Well, you guys have a ton of stuff to do, so I'm going to move through my part pretty quick here by reminding people how to watch and how to listen. If you're listening, you know how. If you know, if you're watching, you obviously know how. But if not, here are a list of some places that we're available to listen: Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Podbean, Google Podcasts, and most recently Amazon Music, and really anywhere you can listen to a podcast. And if you're if we're not on that platform, just uh, get in touch with us. And we will make it happen. And also you can watch on YouTube. And be sure to hit that subscribe button with the bell so you get a notification every time we put out a new episode, which is Tuesday mornings at 7 a.m. And that's all we ask for that's the it. free podcast is just to hit subscribe and share. That's it. Help us out. Share it with your friends. Right. Because this is going to be awesome. Especially this episode. If you don't share any other episode, just share this one. It's going to be great. I'm excited. And it's all made possible by Marine Warehouse Center. Super excited about those guys being a partner with us again this year to bring you all this great fishing content. And here is a quick message from them. We'll be right back. As you know, it's been a great year for boat sales. However, it's been really tough for customers to find boats in stock. We're the headquarters in Wilmington, North Carolina for Pair Customs, Sailfish, Sea Chaser, and Carolina Skiff. Our manufacturers are telling us the high demand for boats is going to affect 2021 inventory as well. So if you're looking to get a boat in spring, you need to come sign up with us now. There it is, Gary. Sign up now. Sign up. I'm signed up. Don't wait. I'm not even going to talk about free boat. I'm over it. <laughs> that joke's 40 episodes old or plus. Don't give up now. <laughs> You're so close. Don't give up now. Maybe Mark Henderson can help me out. Maybe he's got one just laying around the house he can donate. You know, <laughs> this is a good segue here because as I've been talking about Emmett, Emmett and his ridiculously long list of New Year's resolutions... The one this week is he wants to develop more confidence. And, uh, you know, right. you, maybe you, yeah. you know, you need more confidence that, yeah. hey, this boat is coming. He wants to develop more confidence. 
That is one of his New Year's goal. He didn't tell me. He was a little nervous. He didn't want to tell me, so he had Lil tell me. He didn't that. have the confidence to tell you. Ding 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 oh, ding ding. Where's my sound effects? No sound effects. <laughs> oh man, too much fun. Oh Gary, I'm going to show you a photo. Please. I'm going to confidently show you a photo, but I'm not going to confidently read Nick's last name. So Nick P with a 32 inch gag grouper that was caught on a dead cigar minnow on a modified Carolina rig. Uh, he was uh, fishing in a 62 foot. Wait, 62 foot of water in Onslow Bay. Man, that's a nice looking grouper. That's dinner. That is totally dinner. You know what? I don't know if I've ever caught a grouper. Hmm. You have Bucket a better list. chance of getting a grouper this year than a free boat. But uh, uh, That's right. That's absolutely so right. So maybe you need to manage your expectations. You know, maybe I'll just start with the grouper goal. And then I'll... Who wants to take me fishing for a grouper? Oh, boy. <laughs> All right. Hey, you know what? I don't have a boat. What can I say? Well, Billy, <laughs> what I need you to do is focus. is focus and concentrate and confidently at the end of the show, give mm -hmm. me Billy's best takeaway. Now, this conversation, I'm going to give you a heads up. This conversation is going to get a little technical. Mark Henderson knows conventional reels is going to get technical. All right. So I'm, I'm a tech guy. You've got to stay with him. Look around. I'm a techie. You're a techie. I can get it. Let's introduce our guest tonight. And our guest tonight is Captain Mark Henderson of Liquid Fire Fishing, yet another longtime friend of mine of Fisherman's Post. Mark Henderson, welcome to the show. Welcome back to the show, I should say. Thank you, Gary. I appreciate it. And man, it's uh, sitting there listening to you and uh, Billy brings back memories. Except the first time we did this, you asked me questions about the Tiger King. And I got to tell you, I still don't know anything about the Tiger King. <laughs> Well, I have new questions that yeah, aren't about the Tiger King. And I'm actually pretty proud of myself with the questions I came up with here for you this time. But we'll get to that in just a second. There's actually two questions. And the first question now is always some version of this. Why, Mark Henderson, should we listen to what you have to say about conventional reels? Well, you know what? The segue to that is that you and Billy were just talking about uh, being a techie. And, and you know what? I don't understand Bluetooth, but I have been <laughs> uh, around reels for quite a while. And I've had an opportunity to use some really bad ones and some really good ones. And uh, I understand um, I might not be the best fisherman, but I do understand what the uh, what the benefit is of a good conventional reel and understanding when and how to use it. All right, we will proceed with the podcast as an acceptable answer. Now for the second question, which is traditionally non-subject related, I actually did, in a way, make it related to our subject. So one of the big parts of the conventional reel I think you're going to tell us about are drags. Is that correct? The drags. Yes, we can certainly talk about drags. All right, I got two questions for you um, related to drag. Which is better, according to Mark Henderson, drag races or drag queens? Uh, drag races, absolutely. <laughs> All right, second question. Which is better as it relates and, to drag? Okay. Drag of a cigarette, drag of a joint. How about a, how about I divert to someone else who can <laughs> a lot better than I can? Because <laughs> to be honest with you, 56 years old this month and never took a puff of any of it. Well, I think I just found Mark Henderson's New Year's resolution. 
I'm a pretty. I'm a pretty <laughs> Mark, let's go right to it. I know. I mean, you gave me this 20 page PowerPoint presentation. So I'm wondering, I think we can figure finish it all in in three hours. Um, I think the first thing you're going to do is you're just going to explain, hey, man, let's start simple. What is a conventional reel? You know, Gary, that is uh, a conventional reel. It is. It's simple. Um, you know, it's widely used in the industry. And long and short of it, we, we're kind of fine-tuning this presentation and things I talk about in some of your uh, classes at the fishing schools. You know, I, I'm, you know, kind of condensing it. So we're going to focus on these. It's, it's much different reel. The line releases... The, the rod sits under the bottom, the line um, uh, or ascends or descends on the top from the top of the reel. And it's much different than a spinning reel, which is designed to operate from the bottom and a much different uh, system, much different situation. Uh, a conventional reel allows for a lot of different things, a lot of different types of fishing from jigging to uh, offshore trolling to live bait fishing. Um, there's a lot of different variations of this and, you know, a lot of different spool widths, a lot of different um, uh, retrieve ratios. So there's a lot of things that a conventional reel does. So long and short of it, a conventional reel sits on top of a rod just like this. And it's handled just like this when you are fighting a fish. So that's the difference between a conventional reel and a spinning reel. And, um, you know, there's a lot of different reasons and ways to use them and, and things that you use them for. As I mentioned, you use them for bottom fishing, you can use them for trolling and, you know, and knowing what to choose, how to choose and what type to choose is very important. I will say this, when you're going out, when you're fishing, use what you have. I'm not telling you to go out and change your tackle, do anything different than what you're doing other than when it's time to buy buy what you can afford, buy the best that you can get, because what it does, it really gives you a lot more confidence in your fishing day, and it makes you take care of your product better. If you spend $500 on a reel, you're not going to just sit it in a corner and not take care of it, not wash it, not, not oil it, those types of things. So, And it lasts you a long time. One of these reels will last 20, 25 years, maybe more. There's a lot of reels that I have that are older than that that are still very functional because we've taken care of them. So anyway, a conventional reel, the benefit of them is that, again, the line descent, it comes right off the top and there is no um, uh, level wind on these. So there's another type of reel that has a guide on it. And a lot of people like using those to guide instead of having to guide with their thumb. So this takes a little bit of time to learn how to use it and to be able to lay the line flat by moving your thumb back and forth as you're bringing line in and retrieving line from whether you're bringing a bait in or whether or not or whether you're fighting a fish or whatever it may be so what you want to do is be, become accurate and good at guiding the line so that it doesn't pile up right here in the center and so what it does if it does pile up it can catch in this area right here and cause a problem with bringing the line in. It causes a drag on that. So it does take a little bit of work, a little bit of practice of how to use them, but there's a, a ton of benefits to it. Um, we talked about, Gary, what you can do with these as far as, as, far as jigging, bottom fishing. There's a lot of different types of uh, conventional reels that you can use. This is a two-speed um you can use this reel for jigging but as much as anything a two-speed reel 
that we can use for bottom fishing. You were talking about grouper at the very opening of the show and how, how powerful those fish are. If they get rocked up, this is a perfect reel that will show you the two speed, single speed application to where you can pull them out of a rock. And really, this is the reel to do it. It's a better system than just using a standard spinning reel, even if it's a heavy torque spinning reel. This provides power and speed when you need it. So we'll talk a little more about that in a minute. Um, the, uh, the cool thing about a conventional reel is that it has a lot of things. It has different speed ratios. And what this reel right here, this reel is used for primarily live bait fishing, um, king mackerel fishing, which we do a lot of. So it holds a lot of line. We'll talk about that in a moment. But what it does is it provides a tremendous amount of speed. Um, so in other words, we'll, we'll talk a little bit about speed ratio right now and ratio to the reel. So when you go out and you're actually looking to buy a reel, look on the side of the box and it'll talk about on this reel right here, for example, this is a seven to one ratio. And all that really means is that every time this handle rotates one time, okay, one time revolution on the handle creates revolution on the spool seven times. So it takes up that much, uh, that much line for every single revolution. If you're in a fishing for, or if you're fishing with a fast fish for a fast fish, like a King mackerel, like you and I've done together, some Gary, or, or even a Wahoo, um, or it's nice to have that speed because if that fish runs off, okay. And it takes all your line, your drags going, your, your clickers sounding, that type of thing. And then all of a sudden that fish turns quickly and runs straight back to the boat. You want to keep up with that fish. And that's what helps in a conventional reel. The, the higher the ratio, seven to one uh, ratio, very fast for a conventional reel. You know, so you want to be able to take up as much line as possible as quickly as you can, because if that fish turns, there's a chance that it could come back uh, and uh, eat up the line, cut itself off. So you want to make sure that as fast as you possibly can, as fast as you're cranking, obviously you want the reel to work for you. So a fast ratio, anywhere from five to seven to one is generally um, a better system for a faster pelagic fish, such as kingfish, wahoo, dolphin, um, you know, tunas, uh, black fins, those fish that can run, you know, can swim 25 plus miles an hour. Sailfish, this is a very important type of reel used for sailfish, for example. The faster, as one of the fastest fishes in, fish in the ocean, and so you want to have something that can take up that line quickly. Another thing I want to talk about real quick in a, to go along with, with speed ratio in a reel is inches per crank. It's not something that a lot of people look at or think about, but if you look online, do your research when you go buy a reel, um, how many inches, in addition to this being a seven to one ratio, this, and it has to do with the spool width of the spool diameter, but every crank, seven to one ratio, the spool turns seven times, but it takes up 68, I'm sorry, 63 inches of line per crank of this handle. So you're taking up, what, five feet of line every time you turn this handle. And so that is just unbelievably quick. And so as fast as you're turning it, the reel is working for you. So those are the types of things that you want to look at if you're really getting precise. And we do a lot of tournament fishing. So it's real important 
those types of things to be able to um, cut down on, on mistakes, if at all possible. I mean, fishing's tough anyway. I mean, you're going to lose a lot of fish. I don't care who you are. It just happens. And uh, But those are some of the things that are really nice about a fast conventional reel. This is an accurate, um, it's a very high quality reel. Um, it's got uh, uh, airplane aluminum, I think, is what they're made out of, if I'm not mistaken, and just a really smooth operating reel. And there's a lot of nice features about this. So um, that cover that pretty good for you, Gary. I mean, we can talk about some other things when it comes to lever drags and that kind of thing too. Well, you know, yeah, I. I mean, um, let me see. Where am I going? So I'm going to go backwards. I want to just do a little follow-up on everything you just sort of mentioned, you know, a little follow-up. So if I go in all the way back to single speed versus two speed, what what makes something a single speed? What makes something a two speed? Like what is the exact difference between the two that one would be labeled single, one would be labeled two? Okay. This reel, good question, Gary. This reel is a single speed reel all about speed. It's got a drag torque uh, or drag pressure of about 20, 22 pounds right in there. So it's still got good drag pressure so that you can uh, put some torque on a fish. If you're out king mackerel fishing, you catch a shark you need to, or amberjack, you want to push forward on the drag, bring it to the boat easier and quicker so that you get back to fishing for the species that you want. So a single speed is that's what you're looking for. It on the box, it'll say six to one. It only has one speed. It's like a bicycle. You go out, you get your beach bicycle or whatever. It's got generally one speed. You're traveling up, uphill, downhill, whatever it is. That's what it's got. It's got one gear. Same thing here. So that's kind of, you correlate. I correlate reels to, uh, to bikes a lot because what I'm fixing to show you with a two speed is very, very beneficial when you need power and torque in addition to some speed. So let me talk, let me tell you a little bit about that. So when we talked about two speed action, what we have is a reel that looks very similar. I showed this early, but it looks very similar to the, to the single speed conventional reel. But what it does is it has this button right here and this release right here that allows it to internally change it's just like a, a bicycle if you're going uphill or downhill when you're going uphill okay you need a lot um, a, a lot less torque and so you need to be able to create a lot more speed as opposed to a hard push so but if you're going downhill you obviously, and to keep up with the uh, with the speed, you need to be able to go down to a gear, make a smaller gear, and so you can keep up and increase your speed if you need to. So that's the same thing here. So the benefit of a two-speed, single-speed is that you change immediately in the middle of fighting a fish to a low-torque gear to a high-torque gear. Low speed, which which means that this this reel, for example, is a 2.2 to one and five point, I think it's a 5.1 to one ratio on this one. So the low gear has a 2.2. So in other words, every time I turn this handles one revolution, the spool on low, on, uh, low speed only turns 2.2 times. If I change it in the middle of the fight, okay, and, and push this button, it pops back out, it immediately changes to the 5.1 to one ratio. So when I turn this handle, one time, the spool turns five times and takes up a lot uh, more 
line a lot quicker. So in other words, if the fish starts coming up, if you pull a fish out of the bottom, you pull a grouper out of the bottom, and or uh, if you get a snapper or something like that, and you need to put torque on it, and it's coming up faster, you know, once you get it out of the rocks, you change it to high speed so that you can keep up with the fish faster and keep in line. That's the biggest thing. You don't want to lose contact with the fish when you're fishing. You'll always want to keep your line taut and make sure that it's not additional line in the water. A lot of bad things happen when you can't keep up with the fish. I'd like to show you, um, you got any questions on this? I'll show you a demonstration of what this does that'll help uh, help the audience understand a lot more about what the two speed versus it is. I 100% want to see a demonstration. My only follow-up question is, so that is the main application of the two-speed is that you can change ratios mid-fight. It's not that I buy a two-speed reel so that I have a, I can use it as a high-speed, you know, if I'm doing that kind of fishing, or I can swap it over to low-speed if I'm out on the headboat. It's, it's to change mid-fight. Correct. And but you can buy one. It's a it's a dual purpose. So if you want, if I want to go out and troll for mahi with this reel right here, it's fast enough. It's got a 5.1 to one ratio. So I would never change it out of high gear most of the time, unless you get one of those big old trash can mahis now that takes down about 35 feet and they get sideways and uh, you might need that low torque to pull it back up. So it's nice to have that. And that's why a lot of the offshore stuff that we'll talk about here in a minute, they have, most of them do have two speeds, the 50 wides that I have and that kind of thing. Most of them do have that because if it's a tuna or uh, a mahi, a big one, that gets down there, you may need that torque to pull it back up. No question about it. Well, that makes sense. How about the demonstration? Cool, let's make that happen. Um, let me uh, bear with me. Let me show you real quickly. I'm gonna, I've got a bucket that's full of, it's uh, about 20 pounds worth of lead. 20 pounds. My buddy Jay is going to uh, see if we can make sure that we see this. Pull it down, Jay. So, Gary, what we've got here, down a little more, Jay. There we go. So, uh, can you guys see the bucket? Yeah, we can see the lid of the bucket. Okay. Down just a little more, Jay. All right, guys. So, what we've got here is this is on... This, the high-speed reel on this two-speed application, all right? all right? So it's popped out 5.1 to 1 ratio. So you can see I'm putting it on drag setting. It's, it's about maxed out here. And so you can see that it'll be almost impossible for me to pull that. I'm going to switch right here in the middle, push it in, low speed, without any struts. So do that one more time. <laughs> high speed. High speed reel, 5.1. All right. You're not even trying. Okay. <laughs> Fat boy's grunting, man. What you talking about? <laughs> Low speed. I can talk normal. All right. That makes sense? Man, that is the best demonstration we've had in the history of the podcast. And I got to admit, I was half hoping that demonstration would fail. I was just ready to see. <laughs> that is pretty impressive. But now I'm happy it didn't. I mean, it actually is a win either way. Either it fails and I'm entertained or it worked as it did. And it brilliantly, um, yeah, exemplified your point. You know, Gary, honestly, man, it's um, that's something that a lot of people in, um, come on up, Jay, a little bit back if you would. 
Um, a lot of people um, in the in the in the uh, schools that we do at the Fisherman's Post, they um, they really do like that demonstration. It helps them un touch more, Jay. Um, it helps them understand the torque and power that in instead of um, just having to manhandle something, you allow the equipment to work for you. That's why if you buy something nice, it really does help you when you're offshore and when you're targeting. Fishing's expensive. We know that. So when you're out there, you want to make sure that you give yourself the best opportunity to catch that, as Billy was talking about, that 32-inch grouper that gentleman that was on at the very first of the uh, podcast was showing off. So you don't have to have them, but it sure does make it easier for a fat old man like me, I can tell you that. Well, I think if I'm looking down the list and I said I just want to circle back around and everything, I believe you I believe you covered retrieve ratios, you know, I think we've already covered that. And inches per crank, I mean, you know, you talk to that. I don't know how much more there is to add to that other than if I'm shopping, you know, I'm looking at retrieve ratios first and then inches per crank second or you they, know they, they coincide, Gary. They're kind of the same thing. Uh, the retrieve ratio is going to be on the box. The inches per crank might not be. So you may want to research that when you're going out and purchasing. So, I mean, for example, this reel right here is $520 reel. If you want to spend $520, you want to go out and you want to make sure that you, you understand your product, understand the weight. The great thing about, you know, another great thing about this is this aircraft aluminum is very, very light. And, and so and it's incredibly strong. So there's a, a lot of benefit. Um, I know it sounds expensive, but there's a lot of benefit to some of the materials they're made of and that kind of thing. One other thing, and I know I'm jumping around a little bit on you, but I, I did want to mention line capacity. When you're, when you're out looking for a reel, this is a standard spool width. And I know we'll probably talk a little bit about spool width here in a moment. We're doing it right now. Okay, we can do that. This is a standard spool width on this conventional reel. I've shown this one a lot. This is the one we use mostly for king mackerel fishing. So therefore, fast species can dump a lot of line. And, you know, and a lot of times you'll lose line, they'll cut it off or whatever it may be. So you want as much line capacity as you possibly can as well. Very light reel made out of some great quality product. Accurate makes an incredible product. And what it does is it allows this spool allows for over 600 yards of 20 pound test mono. This is Yozuri hybrid um, um, uh, mono uh, fluorocarbon combination line. It holds over 600 yards. So if you were to lose 100 yards, you still got a pile of line that you can continue to fish and you don't have to worry about it. So, and I tell you, man, it's really nice to have a very high capacity line reel with the speed and the lightweight body of it so that when you're fighting fish just like you and your sons did about a month and a half ago with us when we were up in Hatteras catching king mackerel all day long you have you have something that's a, another pound and you got a reel in your hand all day long and it starts cramping up your forearms and things like that so those are all the things that you want to involve and look at when you're when you're buying a product so line capacity very important, I think, as, uh, as much as anything, because there are some reels that don't hold, but maybe 400 yards, they might be fast, 
And that's another thing. Ratio, there's a lot of fast reels out there, but you can research the inches per crank because some fast reels that are six to one ratios won't take up but about 40, 41 inches of line per crank. And uh, so let's talk a little bit about spool width. Again, I showed this as a, a um, as the conventional reel that has a standard spool width. That's what this one is. They also come in wide widths. So what that does, for example, on this accurate reel, this is an accurate ATD 50. It's an ATD 50 wide. We talked about two speed quite a bit. This is the, most of these offshore reels like this, whether they're accurate, pin, Shimano, Okuma, whatever you have, will be two-speed reels. And that's the benefit that we talked about in case you're offshore trolling. Now, this big reel right here you're going to use for tuna, wahoo fishing, big uh, mahi, um, you know, a lot of marlin, that type of thing. So that's what some of these, they get on up to, you know, uh, 120s. I've got a couple 80s out there. So, but these 50s are still light enough to handle. And again, made out of aircraft aluminum accurates that do a really nice job of not being as heavy as some of the competition. But that, you know, that being said, this is a wide spool. And the good thing about it is that the line capacity, which on this one is filled with, um, this one, actually, a lot of times 50 pound mono is what people will put on it. We'll sometimes put 30 just to have more line capacity, lighter, lighter tackle and that kind of thing. Uh, that we work with, but generally a 50 pound mono, and if you get a wide spool, you can generally fit 150, 200 yards more worth of line on here. And if you get out into a situation where you do get a blue marlin or something that hits one, you got you need that line capacity in case you know you can't. Uh, that fish will get out there hundreds of yards, and you need to be able to retrieve it, have plenty of line on there, so you don't lose the fish. Um, so that's a wide spool. These also come in standard spool widths, but again, the biggest thing is to be able to um, have the line capacity necessary in case a large uh, offshore species pelagic hits it and takes off for it. You don't want to lose it, and uh, you know, spend a lot of money again to go out there and do it. So, um, you know, this is a really popular uh, setup right here—a 50 wide for offshore fishing. You know, with about a six-foot rod, uh, roller guides, and that kind of thing. So. That's, uh, that's the wide spool. The only thing about a wide spool is we talked early in the presentation about having to guide it with your thumb. A wide spool, a little tougher even because it is wider and your thumb has to go and transfer further from one side to the other. Very important to learn how to use it. However, it is absolutely worth it, even practicing. You know, one great way when you're going out and you're doing this, a lot of people will have a tackle shot spool their reels for them and that's good especially if you know if you're experienced and you don't have to have the practice but i can tell you one way to practice is spool up one of these babies or several of them and learn to use your thumb it, it'll it'll put a uh it'll put a cramp in your arm but it'll teach you how to do it pretty well so um that's one one pretty cool tip that will help you practice without having to go out there and, and uh, wait for a fish to hit and then possibly pile it up in the center and cause yourself a problem um, another thing, they also have narrow spools and generally those, a narrow spool reel 
is beneficial for jigging especially. Less line capacity, but a lot of narrow spool reels will have what we have right on here. We'll have 50 pound braid, maybe 80 pound braid, depending on the species that you're fishing for. So, but what it does is if you're jigging or bottom fishing, you don't really have the time so much to guide it back and forth. You will a little bit, but you wanna be able to put maybe a little bit less line on it if you're bottom fishing. And that way, what will happen with the narrow spool, you don't have to guide it as much. The line will retrieve onto it and then it will fall to the sides without piling up in the center and causing a problem, as you can see on this crossbar right here. So that's one nice thing about the narrow. And if you're jigging a real narrow reel, it's very important because you're using both hands one with your arm under here different techniques and that kind of thing and you're just you're absolutely just pull just jigging down jigging up jigging down and then you want to crank fast and you not want to you don't want to have to worry about guiding the line but you also don't want a a um, a, um uh, traditional um reel that that goes that uh, forgive me uh, forget the uh level line that goes back and forth to lay the line because you want it to be free. You want that line to be able to come out free. You don't want it dragging on the sides of that level line guide. And that's one benefit, another to a nice conventional reel. You can see there's a lot of applications and a lot of things you can do with conventional, narrow spool, standard spool, wide spools. A lot of different applications, a lot of different reasons to have all of them. Is a narrow spool significantly lighter than a standard spool um it is lighter obviously you got less material um and then you know and and if you're going to do that type of fishing gary i would recommend <clears throat> really paying attention to the weight of your reel accurate weights of their reels are very light i don't want it just to be a commercial about accurate but obviously that's what i use and it, it's a, um, a very high quality but yes the the uh, materials become very important. This aircraft aluminum is very light. There's a lot of graphite bodies out there, just a lot of different heavier aluminums out there. Um, so it's, uh, you know, the weight of the reel is important. And yes, a narrow spool is a little bit lighter. And that's one nice thing about having a narrow spool with a light body material when you're jigging because it's a lot of activity uh, in that and make you tired. All right, next up is your choice. We can talk about drag races, drag queens, or single drag versus twin drag. I, let's try the single versus twin drag. Good choice. Good choice on that one? All right. Seeing as I know very much about either of the first two. So, <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, so single drag versus twin drag. Pretty simple. Um, the twin drag, which quite frankly, accurate has patented, if I'm not mistaken, and it is uh exclusive to their reels it means that you have a drag on each side of the spool so it disperses the drag pressure it doesn't have drag spike so in other words if a if a line is going out you've got it maxed out and torqued out and that way it doesn't just pop and pull and you know there's a lot of reels that just have that you know kind of a uh dead spot in them sometimes so what's nice about a twin drag system is that it um uh, has again it has a drag washer here and these are about this big almost the size of the actual outer circumference of the uh, spool 
uh, or of the side of the reel, and it's got a, a drag right here. And uh, so that's a, a twin drag system. A single drag system simply has one, generally one drag on this side, which is controlled through the lever or star drag system that if we have time, we can talk about that as well and, and explain the difference. But that's the difference in the twin drag versus a, uh, a single drag. A single drag is a stacked washer system most of the time, so it looks like pancakes stacked together. So it's generally some sort of a graphite material and a stainless steel washer sandwiched in between each other. There's generally five, maybe six, um, but generally five or uh, washers and drag washers that are stacked on top of each other. And they compress against the side of the spool, and that's what uh, creates the drag pressure. Twin drag system has one one drag washer that on each side that actually pushes in and it's a much more consistent drag pressure. I follow that. Okay. So if money allows twin over single, but single will function fine. Absolutely. And you know what? I mean, get what you're comfortable with. You know, obviously, um, you know, there's a lot of nice products out there, uh, very nice products. There's a lot of high quality products. So, I, you know, I, I'm not saying that one's superior to the other. I like this system. It's worked well for us and um, we're fortunate to be able to use them. I'm, I'm very happy with the product. But, you know, the biggest thing said at the first, fish what you have. I'm not telling you to go out and buy something, but when you do, be educated. It, it, it's expensive. And so you want to make the best decision that you possibly can. Well, we do have time, so talk to me a little bit about lever drag versus star drag. Sure. The lever drag system, um, a lot of people get scared of this because long and short of it, and most offshore reels is what, um, it's what it has. So, in other words, in this big 50 wide, you're going to see it in 80 wide as well. These are lever drag systems to where the drag pressures are controlled by this lever right here, up and back as it rolls up over the side of the reel, and then it has a release mechanism button right here that you can max drag it and push it all the way forward, okay? So that's what a lever drag system is. I don't know if you can hear it or whatever, you might even be able to see it, but it has little detents right here. And that's where, you know, it locks in place and, and it by each little detent, it actually increases your drag pressure, or if you're going backwards, it decreases drag pressure. Sometimes you want to do that on the fish, depending, you know, depending on how tired it is, how tired you are. <laughs> but as much as anything, you know, when a fish is coming up, running off, whatever it may be, you don't want to mess a whole lot with your drag. We, we normally try not to, but periodically, if you got a big shark or something like that, that you need to max drag that thing and get it up. It's nice to have this because you can push it forward, max drag it real quick. You know where it is. You can back it off if you need to. So it's a very fast drag uh, mechanism that tells you exactly where you are at all times. And when you set it, if it's a quality product, it's always going to be there. So if I set my strike at right here at, if it's, let's say, if I'm offshore fishing and it's a third of uh, the, the uh, line um, weight and it's a 50 pound line and I'm going to set it at let's say 17 pounds or something like that. I want to set my strike right there. It's got to stop right there. So I know that's 16, 17, 15, whatever I want to set it at right here. We know that's what it is at all times. And you can go right back to that. You don't guess at it. You know, you go right there. So, but a lot of people worry about that. King mackerel fishing, I use them in everything that we possibly can. Same thing. 
you, you know, you go right to a stop, you know, if it's, if you've got a two pound drag or three pound drag, four pound drag, whatever it is, it sets automatically to a spot that you can, you can every time go right to. Now, the difference in a star drag is on this one, for example, this is also an accurate product called a turn, but what it does, and a lot of people like using them, I and there's a lot of function, nice functionality to this, <clears throat> this system right here. This is a much more common system. Pe most people are used to that, and they see it. They understand how this operates. So this right here is your drag pressures are controlled by this star system right here. So it's got detents. You can feel it. You can see it actually click and move. Every one of them is a very, very minor adjustment, well less than a pound, because if you have to, you have to max out very far. It'll almost rotate an entire rotation to make a drag, max drag pressure. The benefit of it, number one, you, people don't worry about whether or not they, they can knock a, uh, the lever out of position and either push the drag forward too far or knock it out of, uh, uh, into free spool or something like that. And, but what you can easily do is if you're fighting a fish here and you need to drag pressure, set drag pressure, you can easily do it with one hand without getting on top of the reel. So there's a lot of nice uh, features about um, star drags as well. We use a lot of these on the charter um, uh, uh, trips that we take because people are much more familiar and comfortable with that product. So a little bit of difference between lever drag, star drag, uh, really is what you're most comfortable with. Um, I personally like a lever drag system a lot. And um, going back to a star drag system is a little bit awkward for me. Um, if I go out and have to mate for one of my sons, Joshua or Crockett, they're the captains of the liquid fire sport fishing. And I, every once in a while, the old man will get to go out there and, and it's a little bit, it's a little bit different uh, using the star drag for me. So, but that's pretty much a, in a nutshell what, what the difference is. Well, man, we have been moving efficiently, and we've been covering a lot of information. We are coming to the end. You've got a couple minutes left. I'm going to let you choose to spend those two minutes talking about bearings or talking about materials. Again, you got a couple minutes left. Your choice. You know, let's talk a little bit about bearings, Gary. We talked briefly about materials, whether it be um, aluminum, graphite, um, you know, some sort of a... Um, you know, uh, composite material. There's a lot of difference of that, but bearings are very important. Um, having the right bearings and the right amount of bearings in the right places is the most critical thing. You'll see a lot of reels advertised 16 bearings, you know, you know, that kind of thing. That's not necessarily good. Um, it maybe makes it feel smooth or something like that. But the fact of the matter, that's a lot of moving components that are unnecessary. And a lot of times shims are have to be used so that, so that tolerances are, are created. The very important thing is not the numbers of bearings, it's the, it's the bearings in the right spots. What type of bearing is it? Is it a stainless steel bearing? Uh, making sure that most of them are, is it a sealed bearing? In other words, it's oiled, greased, and then there's a, a rubber coating generally around where the ball bearings are as, a, as in uh, where the races are on the outside and the inside. So, and then ceramic bearings are very good bearings and smooth, but they're they're very expensive. So, um, understanding that, you know, when it something says X amount of bearings, and if it's a lot of them, 
I'm not saying it's bad. I'm saying just investigate. So it's very important to understand that bearing material is critical, sealed bearings and bearings located in proper areas to where the moving components are really what is the focus as opposed to places in the drag and I take some of these reels apart man and I, I gotta tell you you need a, uh, it's a it's a puzzle on some of them so um, you know it's real important to have good quality bearings very you know that's uh, critical when you're going offshore but also as much as anything take care of your product spend the money take care of it spend the time when you get back cleaning it up, making sure that's a whole nother part of this presentation that is uh, really very critical. It's not the sexy part of it, but it is very important to be able to understand what you're supposed to do to take care of your reels. Man, Mark, that was, a, again, an efficient, an efficient move through a lot of information. And I think it's an episode that it will get watched more than once, you know, just because I don't, you know, just to try to make sure you don't miss anything, man. I appreciate, I appreciate your expertise. You're very welcome. And guys, um, you know, to your listeners out there, uh, if I hope it's okay that I, that I give them this information, I have a full presentation. I'll be happy to send it to you in a PDF format to your listeners. You know, Gary, um, you know, they're welcome to email me at mark at fishlf.com. Um, you know, I'd be more than happy to provide them this information. It's all in one. So I, and I think it gives a pretty good description from beginning to end. Totally appropriate. Totally appropriate for you to make that offer. Man, Mark, I'm going to say goodbye, but I'm looking forward to talking to you again. I'm looking forward to fishing with you again. We'll make that happen, brother. Next uh, year, if we can catch that weather window, we'll do the, the offshore gig. Right on. Thanks. Right. Guys. Gary, what's up, man? So did you follow along? Uh, seeing that I have no idea about conventional reels, I was following along pretty good. Um, yeah, so I don't know if I, I mean, there was so much information and great information. I'm going to be one of those people that go back. Obviously, I'm going to watch this again for editing purposes, but definitely we're going to go back and watch it again for for when I get that boat. There are you are we of the same train of thought? Was that the best demonstration we have had in a that podcast? Was the best. Yeah. Although the most information in forty five minutes period that that we've recorded. If we were to redo that podcast, the change that I would make is Mark would attach that rod and reel to Jay and not to a bucket. <laughs> that that is where if there's a way to improve that podcast. It's to attach the line that's to the, Jay. That's the only way to. I don't even know it. what Jay looks like. <laughs> I don't either. And that's part of the beauty of it. Could be six three two fifty. That that reel would have pulled it up, didn't he? Push that Could magic button. Could be one ninety soaking wet. But either way, show me. You know, let's hook him up. Yeah, dude, that thing was pretty impressive. It was pretty impressive, and that that was my takeaway. Push the little button. I can't remember what the heck that button does, but anyhow, it was good, man. It was a great episode. Uh, I'm super excited about it, and I don't even have a boat or anything to put that reel on. Now, if I can get somebody to give me a sport fisher, now we're talking. There's the confidence. There we go. Yeah, see? Yeah, see I it, came I, around. it just keeps building episode after episode. Oh, Gary, I'm done, man. It's been such a fun time. Marine Warehouse Center, uh, thank you so much once again for making this episode happen. Be sure to go support those guys and get your new boat. Uh, Gary, any other closing thoughts? 
No, man, I like to remind people that Marine Warehouse Center is also service. They are also parts, and they are a part of the fishing community, not just serving it, but a part of the fishing community, the boating community. Love those guys. And if you enjoy our podcast, then thank Marine Warehouse Center. They are the ones making the podcast possible. Absolutely. And like and share this with a friend. We'll see you later. Bye, everyone. Fishing is a-